Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Stay sitting. And uh, we're going to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5 to no, well, three to five. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three to five say, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ so also our comfort abounds through Christ Matthew 5 13 says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And Ezekiel 16, verse 4 says, On the way, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloth. No one looked at you with mercy or pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the field. For on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. Father, we surrender. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Let's just get cracking in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Palm Sunday. As you can see, we brought our best suits super into the calendar <laughs> the Lord is, is so good to us today we're gonna come under the title salt and comfort praise be to God I mean we start right right and to be very honest how can we just continue after this I mean let's just keep on going <laughs> it's just probably better but at the same time, God has a word for us that he wants us to internalize. And I want to be ready. Praise be to God, our Father, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. As we come in under the banner of today, I want us to understand what is comfort, and I believe God wants us to understand what is to be salt 
special effects. <laughs> Let's make it practical. Salt. Salt in Matthew 5.13 talks about who you and me are. In the eyes of the world, who are we supposed to be for the streets, right? It talks about us having a purpose. It talks about us not losing our purpose. It talks about us moving in our purpose. You are the salt of the earth. And I'm going to take salt first down so we can pin down the solution. The, the material that God wants to use so he can create comfort. We talked in 2 Corinthians about what salt does to us, and we're gonna talk a bit deeper. But the point of this is us being the salt of the world. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty? Again, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt, you, me, salt, for what? For the earth. And you say, Chris, do you throw salt at the earth? You can't say, can help me with the mic. I don't know if I can move, but let me just go this way. I brought something for us to see. Now, you guys need salvation. This is not the disco. You start, like, shaking your... You are the salt of the earth. Yet, he's talking about territory. He's not talking only about the substance. He's talking about also territory. He's talking, okay, as a substance, you have why you're there you are there for the territory so you're not there to be like a gong <laughs> get a bit more salty yeah <laughs> just to wake you up <laughs> who needs a bit salt who needs a little bit of salt you need, you need a little bit more salt, yeah? Yeah? What, what shall we do if we lose our saltiness? What shall we do if this stays here? It sounds good. Worship times are great. Oh my God, such a glory. I mean, Sunday was really good. I mean, Palm Sunday, we win. Are we? Are we winning? How much of that victory you really see? How much of that salt? How much of that salt are you tasting really? You are the salt of the earth. And you're supposed to be winning territory with what has been invested inside of you. Invested, investment means value. And if you don't do what you were invested for, you are debt capital. If we're talking about investments, investment means you have been put in a place to create more of you. 
You tell that to anyone in the financial world and they will understand the gospel. And then they will ask you why you didn't preach to me before. How many of us are invested in what we have been invested for? Territory means streets. It means a city. It means our relationships. It means the nation. Salt of the territory. How much of our streets know what is lying inside of us? I know it's lined up with our needs and our blind spots and the things that we have not allowed God to defeat, but we still hold the promise of redemption. We're walking towards that, but at the same time with that hope that is behind the veil, that is Christ Jesus, we have been called to be. To be in the streets, the character, to be that that shows up in vulnerability, what he has not been able to settle, but I have a hope, and he has that hope for everyone. Today we celebrate in our religious calendar, Palm Sunday, and we observe it. We observe it as a date when people understood in their minds, but knowing their hearts. Jesus didn't come to defeat the problems. He came to defeat what the problems created in the soul. He came to defeat the distance that problems sometimes are looking for, are looking to create in us. We say, well, not red carpets. And we say, hey, well, the best carpet is what he created, no? Human hands made a carpet. He created the leaves. Leaves bring oxygen, air, the breath. So I think Jesus and the donkey were in the right place. You are the salt of the earth. And the context of this, he was teaching. This is Jesus talking. This is not gibberish or Christian, you know, narrative. This is Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth. And then I want to start thinking, why did God actually say to Chris, to Courtney, to Lyndon, to Hoel, and to so many of us, why is it reminding us today, you are the salt of the earth? We want theology, angels coming up and down. We want glory. But what about being salt? Like if we're thinking about these big things, we have no repercussions and maybe no responsibilities. Maybe we can take it so lightly as like, no, mm, the presence of God was so tangible on Sunday. But how salty you left. What is the investment of heaven? Did heaven, th I mean, have you gone into a banquet? And have you been there near to the hour they're going to close down? Have you ever been there? Who has been to a banquet in the moment that the actual place is closing down? Have you seen the, the, the amounts of food that people are taking out of the place? Yeah? Have you been there? Don't leave me alone. Participate. I'll make it awesome. I'm going somewhere with this. How many of us actually say, ooh? How many of us actually tried to eat more? How many of us actually didn't want to leave? How many of us start sinning almost? <laughs> We're going to leave it there. 
because we wanted to consume because we paid for something. But when we didn't pay for it, the person that is paying is looking. The person that didn't pay is just easy. Oh, that was so good. And we chill. It is the same thing. When we gather together, someone paid for this. And in front of us, we have a buffet. It is up to us to grab from it. And sometimes we don't get the urgency that the one that invested has because we didn't invest. But as we come, what we are going to be able to give is as much as we grabbed from this place, from these moments. You understand? So now let's go really back to the notes. So territory, streets, city, relationships, nation, we're called to be that salt that impermeates all these areas, the city, the streets, and we could call our streets the spheres of society that we represent. Some of us think that we have to be doing something specifically. If we're not playing the guitar on the front on Sunday, I'm not doing anything from God. We're wrong. Where are the relationships that you have? Where is your job? Where are the, the things that you're doing? What are the gifts that God has given you? How is that speaking of the investment of heaven? And in this context, Jesus was talking to those like us, to fishermen, to people that were laboring the land, to shepherds. It sounds very like romantic. Oh, be the salt of the earth. And we're like, hmm, I need a worship service for that. Hmm, let's have an evangelism. Hmm. And we lose the possibility of understanding the context. The context was saying, he was asking you and me in our daily lives to saturate, to, to understand our purpose, to be salty. What is the purpose of salt? It's not a trick question. What is the purpose of salt? To add but can, she said to add flavor. But can salt add flavor to something that it doesn't touch? It looks pretty, eh? It's practical. I was gonna go into why some cultures add other things into the pot so it doesn't get clumps. It doesn't get all sticky and humid, but we're gonna leave it there because this is gonna be a headache, you know? Sometimes gets to, uh, has to add things that absorb from us the extra because we don't know who we are. And we want to stay in the pot and not be used. We want to stay inside of the congregation. We want to feel good, but we don't want to serve. We want to come in and sit down and receive, receive, receive until we get stuck. And then we say, but what, why is it not... Why is it not coming out? How long has it been sitting there? Sorry, how long has it been sitting there? You are the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be touching things and making them flavorful. Salt enhances what is already there. It doesn't take from it. It enhances what is already there. So Jesus is saying, I have made you the salt of the earth. I want to use your inequal 
your needs to prove that my character is more than enough. You are my followers, you're my disciples, and because I can come through you, I can prove that even though you are, I am the great I am. So the church is stuck inside of the pot, playing perfect and not touching and not adding flavor, not enhancing what God has put around us because we're still thinking they might know. But I have a little secret to tell you, they know. And they're just like you. They're like, like, just like us. And Jesus wanted to us, for us to be delivered from the weight of hypocrisy and religion because he knew that didn't bring transformation. The most pivotal or most powerful moment of us sharing our faith with people is when we say, I am not complete and he has been doing this. I have this struggle and he has been so faithful not only to have grace, but he has moved the dial. He has really created momentum in my soul. I can do it. Yesterday I was in defeat. Today I am tempted, but still he's in victory. Today I can stand. Yesterday I was defeated. That's the dial. And that's to be salt. Salt doesn't add a flavor. It enhances what is there. So if there's glory and brokenness and humility, salt, what we receive from God on a Sunday like today, will be enhanced. So we don't have to make excuses. We just have to be vulnerable. So the salt is able to render its potential. We're not called to stay put, get clumsy, get into little clusters of the people that like the same worship songs. Or the people that, you know, if they see you with a long face, they say, are you okay? Tell me all about it so I can pray better for you. It's called hypocrites. Kind of, <laughs> someone said amen in the back. But the reality of it is that it all, all of us are broken and short from the grace of God and from the glory of God. So don't ask more questions. Just pray. Or be humble. Hey, I see you with a long face. But you know what? This, this week for me was not easy. I don't know what you're going through. And you open your, you open your heart. You just really share your salt. And say, you know what? I needed salt. I needed hope. I needed an anchor. I needed something. Share your salt, don't demand from flavors. So if we're called to be the salt of the earth, and that means territory, relationships, city, nations, being vulnerable, and in this context, he was talking to people that used to fish, used to actually work the land, or take care of the herds. There must be something pivotal about this that he wanted to say. The Bible doesn't say this or that for no reason. And he's not saying it to us just because he wants to entertain us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to make new. He wants to create motion. You are the salt and he wants to create motions. He wants to throw you at people. He wants to actually kind of say, hey, because I have invested in you, you are part of what I can give to the people to the city, to your relationships. You sat in front of me. You explained how much you needed me. And because of that, I can use you. You have honored me with time. You have observed my righteousness. 
so you could be called my righteousness in front of my father. You have observed. This is a call. Jesus essentially is saying, I'm calling you to purpose. And some of us is like, Lord, what is my purpose? And essentially what we mean with that, can I give, like, can I, can I play in the worship? Can, can I just serve, can I serve like, I don't know, can I cl connect the camera? Or can I just kind of put the chairs? Can I say hi or goodbye? Can I serve with the kids? Um, can I just uh, pick up the offering? Um, what else people think is important? What is it that we're looking for? How good is our calling if it only is in here? How good is the investment of heaven if it stays in here? If our gifts are only good here, they're worthless. It just stays. And we, we're looking for next Sunday so it doesn't get clumsy. Shake it, shake it, impress me. What new idea you have? What, what, what other message you can give me? Is it too... Is it uncomfortable? Welcome to Palm Sunday. Hope and anchor family. But the reality of it is that this is for the territory. Not only the territory of your heart. This is not only for your comfort. It's for the comfort of many. This is a call. The purpose of salt, if we talk about food, is preservation. And we know great countries that preserve great lumps of meat for a long time. It's funny how they don't preserve vegetables, but that's another preaching. <laughs> okay, I'm going to lose half of the church in this. So the purpose of salt, if we are the salt of the earth and we're talking about food, is preservation. How are we preserving our surroundings with the glory of God? How are we walking into situations and actually kind of explaining what God is wanting to do, how he's wanting to not only not allow it to rot, he wants to preserve, to prolong its life. That's food only. If we talk about medicine in the Bible and in society, we're talking about salt brings healing and it brings purification. So in food, it's preservation. And if we talk about medicine, it's actually healing and purification. But it's the same with us. We talked about healing being for outside, not only for the inside. And actually, God is more into the thing of actually healing people outside than inside. Here it becomes a museum. He's into live performances. God doesn't want to stay and do it in the secret. He wants others to know that He is good. Don't do it for your glory. But He's here. You have been called to be salt, the salt of the earth for healing and purification. So when you're standing in the bus and you see someone coming in that they need the seat, you give the seat, but that's flesh. But what do you do with the opportunity, the contact? That's simple. How aware are we of the investment of heaven? I know this one is not going to get me a lot of claps and no hallelujahs are going to be there. Because this pushes us to be real, real Christians, salt. Salt is not in the corner saying, well, if you let me play, 
and you grab, you know, something else. We have been called. Salt in the body promotes healthy vascular endeavors. It's like your heart actually works better. Your health in your heart works better. Actually, even more, it helps you to keep hydrated. It helps you with the pH of what you have ingested. It balances out the acidity in your system. When you have eaten something, when you have consumed something that is a bit too much for where you're standing, salt allows you to understand, sorry, to process what is God saying, what, what have you got into your system. It helps you to process how much salt do you have and how much salt through you, your community, your streets, your nation has. When you go into the room, when you go into Sainsbury's, when you go to the corner shop, when you walk into your room, how salty are you? I know. No amens. Don't worry about it. I can amen myself. Don't worry. Amen, Chris. Amen. Second, third, it supports your nervous system. That was a surprise for me. Because you spend all week, like, you know, why you want to talk about salt? It's Palm Sunday. These religious people, they really want something about the donkey now. <laughs> so why you want to talk about the salt? Because it supports our nervous system more than ever. Doctors are scratching their heads because our nervous system is against the wall like never before in history. And I know history has not been that long. It's only almost 2,000 some years that we have some, something written. But our nervous system, with all the technology and all the comforts, seems we have no comfort. And our nervous system is breaking. Maybe we have found the wrong comfort. Maybe as a church, we're looking down on our role as salt of the earth. Maybe we're not understanding that he chose us, that he trusts us, that he, he really invested in us. He clothed us for the season that we're living. I'm gonna wake you up in a minute, don't worry. Maybe right now, you just need to know, where's your salt? Maybe you wanna touch your pockets and say, where's? Do I have any salt left? This week, how salty were you? Because we like to think of our brother and our sister, and I would, love, I would love to tell you, tell your brother, be salty, but maybe that doesn't work really. <laughs> how salty are you? You know, no, don't, 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 don't ask that. <laughs> People that are complaining don't have time to be salty. People that are looking for the fault on others don't have time to develop their saltiness. People that have not spent time with God will always look for the pepper in the other. You see what I did there? That was for free. That was for free, man, I'm telling you. 
What is it that we're looking for? You are. This is not a question. This is a remark from God over your life. You are. He's not asking you for permission. You know that I know. Like right nowadays, I want people to ask me what I feel. I know that has become popular in our little brains. That everything around us is preaching at us that what I feel is important. But it's not as important as what God thinks. Just tell your little brain it is not as important as what God thinks. You can practice now. Just right now. What I think is not as important as what God thinks. Amen. That was a quick amen, Lord. Because he said, you are. Why are you going to say to God, no? No? You are the salt. Um, see, I don't feel very salty today. See, we got to talk about this salty thing. I mean, how, how often you want me to be salty? Like, and he's going to remind you. How good is it if I buy this and never use it? I have a thing with salt. I have a, a long time relationship. I have a, a romance with salt. My mom, since I was a kid, she used to tell me, like, Chris, you're using too much salt. And I said, is there such a thing, mom? Like, if it doesn't look like it's snowed over your potatoes, you know, like, it's, it's not worth it. Sometimes, and this is it's very honest, it is honest, you know, sometimes I go and buy a piece of, of steak, like a steak, you know, in a place, and I'm a bit nervous every time I'm cutting it, and before I'm going to pinch it and just drag it in, you know, for the pressure, I said, does it have enough salt? Imagine if I waste that bite. It's freaky, I know, pray for me. Imagine if I waste that, and it has no flavor. You cannot, like, and then stick it back in. You know, like, that would look really bad. And if you're married, your wife will start thinking, you lost it. Maybe I did a while ago. <laughs> what if the world has a bite of you and your faith, and they don't taste Christ? <laughs> See, what if? We walk through life and no one can experience that we were savored and we were, we were placed in that place, that we have been equipped. What if we go through life and no one knew that eternity and hope was living in us, that the one that heals lifted us up from our bed in the morning? That maybe we have become so accustomed to have hope that we don't know what's to feel hopeless. And we have lost our ability to be grateful and be the salt of the world. Just questions. If we talk about salt, it also improves the way that we sleep. The way that we rest I was always told that it was bad. And if I go around our streets, while we live, every day is frowned upon and looked as it is bad. No, but it limits me. 
Ah, you are from the, the church people. Yeah, why? Ah, so you are with, you're with the yellow tent. Ah. Ah, okay. I, ah, you, so you're religious. I said, I don't, I don't think so. I was like, last, time, last time I checked. No, 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 but you believe in Jesus. Yeah. I mean, more importantly, he believes in me. And, and they look at you weird, you know, like, how do you know? Well, I'm still alive. I mean, if you knew me, if you know how many excuses I gave everything else to take me down, I mean, he must really like me. Like, I'm, I, I think I'm one of the favorites. I will tell you the truth. I don't know if he likes a lot of people, but he, I know he likes me. My daughter, since she was young, I would walk into a place and God would give me favor with people. And she would always tell me, Dad, when she wanted something, she would say, Dad, just, just do that thing that you do. And I'm like, what thing? It's like, well, you, you walk into the place, everyone likes you or hates you, but usually likes you. <laughs> and you get things for free. And um, it made me think. First of all, I said, well, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and, but it made me think. When you walk into the corner shop and the guy said, well, I know you're human and you have problems. Sometimes I see you on the phone and your eyes are like you're a thousand miles away thinking. But there's something about you when you come into the place that there's joy. I don't see you happy maybe, but I see that you have joy. How salty are we? Because maybe you're so focused on what is happening, your circumstance, that you forgot your calling. Maybe you're like, this week I have these sensations and I have these feelings. And they're valid on a specific terrain. But when we're talking about how Jesus sees us, they're smaller. They're incomplete. So how salty are we? Or how aware? of the flavor of God, the character, if I presume to say. How aware are we? I'm gonna start closing in a minute. I just have three quarters of the page to give you. <laughs> if we talk about spiritually and emotionally, actually talks and he depicts it in the Bible as durability, not only durability, faithfulness and usefulness. How faithful are we? How salty we are? That, that's the example. Show me your salt by your faithfulness. Show me your salt by your usefulness. Show me your salt depicted through your durability. Are you the one that is always whining? Give me a word, Lord. Give me a word. Let someone prophesy over me instead of you standing up and asking God for a word of others, to others, for others. Show me your durability, your emotional, spiritual stamina, and that shows you. Your saltiness. And sometimes we don't want to mature because we want to be fed. And if God doesn't shake us out, we don't want to get out. Spirit lead. But don't take me out, Lord, of my comfort zone. Don't ask me to pray for someone at the end of the service for God forbid. Lord, don't ask me to help someone on the streets. Don't ask me to give a hug to someone that didn't get a shower. God forbid I'm of hope. 
Lord, Lord, but you don't know. This week, I need to be encouraged. Like, Lord, like, let's be serious. You know, you know. Like, I'm unwilling, I'm willing. And you know me. Lord, you know me. I'm willing. <laughs> and we want to convince heaven. But heaven is saying, I'm waiting. You're willing and I'm waiting. <laughs> and God wants to remind us that he's eternal. <laughs> he could be waiting for a long time for our willingness to be sold. You are the salt of the earth. And if we take it on context, we have been called to be laborers, for being the ones that are in the ground, to be the boots, to be the hope, to be the ones that step into situations that give hope and perspective, that actually preserve, the ones that actually bring durability into the streets, the ones that talk science when we are numb of our knowledge. We are the ones that have been called to give courage. We are the ones that have been called to be those that are faithful. The ones that run before everyone. The ones that are quick to help. The ones that are walking into situations with their hands full of possibility and perspective. The ones that are not waiting to be encouraged because true disciples are looking to be of encouragement. Christians, churchgoers want to be encouraged. But disciples, you are the salt of the earth. You're looking to be encouragement. You look for a moment that you wake up and you say, how can I encourage my wife, my son, my daughter, my mate? How can I be that? And until we don't get that we're the salt of the earth, we won't move like the salt of the earth. We'll still be shaken by the circumstances, by the situations. We will be decoration and we will have no power. And the world will still be expectant of us jumping into the situation and into the plates of money. How good is it our life in our city, in our nation, in our streets, if we're not doing what we're called to do? Why do you want to call Jesus Christ your Lord if it's your Lord not walking around? Why do you want the healing? For what? To prolong your life? How many Jesus healed and they still die later? They're not still walking around. I was the guy that Jesus gave, you know, the eyes of that. Lazarus died again. Just a reminder. <laughs> that you won't go into Israel and like, oh, there's Lazarus walking around. Lazarus in the corner having a coffee, you know, in Costa. He died. What was the, pur the purpose of being sold for Jesus? What is the purpose of us as a church to be sold to be comforted only is comfort for us. Do we want to live and experience Jesus just for me? That's so little. God forbid eternity. God didn't save us for us to come to church. He didn't save us to be healed. He saved us to be of saltiness. He, he actually saved us for us to be a living testimony, a walking letter, what Paul would say. He called us to have purpose, to explain the purposes of the glory of God. He called us to exhibit the comfort. And comfort means glory. He comforted us. Second Corinthians says, He, Christ Jesus. Christ is the glorified version. First it was Jesus Christ and then it was Christ Jesus. He has come for us through Christ. The glory comes against our troubles. The glory comes 
and uses us as salt on our streets. The glory of God comes and glorifies situations through our troubles. Not only in your life, you don't need salt for you, you need salt for all. Don't get enough salt for your plate. Look for salt and offer it around. Are you the one that goes to eat with others and looks for the salt and he uses it and puts it back in the other table? Or are you going to offer it to everyone else in the table? God told me something this week. Are you going to keep it? Or are you going to share it? What is your tendency? Be real. Because God knows it. Not be real like the app. Be. And be real. Because God is looking for us. For us of, those of us that actually are looking at our troubles as ways of understanding His glory. As ways and opportunities to see Him be more than enough. For Him to be that that makes it salty and efficient for others. My troubles should be winning territory for someone else. Salt means earth. Earth means territory. My troubles win in other relationships. The problems I have with my relationships should be winning territory and insight and healing for other relationships to be healed, to be transformed, to be renewed, to be restored. Everything in our lives should become salty. Don't look at your disease like something to be ashamed. You're not making God any, any privileges. You're not working for His PR community. Say, I am weak so He can be shown strong. Our community doesn't need fake. They need to know how broken we are and how accepted we are and how it keeps on working on us and how we, don't, we have not been diluted to our thoughts and our standards of life, but He keeps us thinking better and higher and stronger. He keeps on looking for us to become more complete, to be made whole. See, that's the gospel. We have been called to be salt. Dude, we, we have been called to comfort, but with what kind of comfort? It says he called us in verse 4, and he comforts us in all our troubles. Not some troubles, all troubles. How many troubles you give him, how many troubles you get comforted. It's up to you. Pick and grab. No, Lord, this one I am going to do. But the, the Lord, you relieved me when my father... And, that, and, and for some of them, we're so religious because of our upbringing, because of our family, because of our system of belief and, and our system of values. But for some others, we are so detached from reality that we think we can do them. There's some of them that we say, like, for this one, I really need Jesus. But there's from others that we say, no, God, Lord, I'm going to be responsible with this. I know a group of people that said that in the desert a couple years ago. When they were giving a bunch of rules to live by, and they said, this is what we'll do. And they did it. So if you think you can be soul without Christ, it doesn't work. You cannot be comfort, you cannot be Christ without Christ, you know? But why? But why he comforts us? So he has called us to be salt and comfort. So he calls us to be salt, and that produces preservation and healing and purification. And he calls us to be people that are working and durable and flexible and faithful. And he calls us to be comforters. With what kind of comfort? With the same comfort that he gave us. But why? Why he comforts us? Does he comfort us 
for us to come to church. No, it's about the amount of people. No, if I, if I can pray for healing for anyone at the end of the service, that's really good. I mean, do it, please. Does it comfort you for you to feel easier about life? I mean, is that the type of Christ that you're looking for? And I know no one in this room would say yes. <laughs> Because we know that that seems very limited. But sometimes we live like that, no? We're texting away our need to have insight, but we don't invest our time with God and what he has given us. Why do we want to be comforted? Do we turn to Jesus for the relief? Or we turn to Jesus so we can be multiplied? He called us to have the same comfort. Side note, don't ignore your troubles. Some of us want to play games with our troubles and say, no, no, I'm more than victorious in Christ Jesus. And then we don't look our troubles in the face and said, well, you need to be defeated. Some of us are so mystical that we don't struggle with anything. Like we go to the shower and it bounces off. It never gets us wet, you know. <laughs> Some of us actually are playing games with our spiritual life. Christ came for the broken. So if, if we were wise, we will show ourselves broken. While the world wants us to look polished and awesome, Jesus came so we can show ourselves to him. Come to me, those who are. That's the context. He was coming from the mount. That's part of the service. There was a lot of hallelujahs that day. People were actually vulnerable. They were hungry. Some of them didn't have anything to go and eat back home. They were sick. They were tired. They were oppressed. The governments were dealing, were dealing over them. They were ruling over them. They weren't telling them what they had to consume, what they couldn't consume. They were telling them how they were going to live and at what time they will get up and what areas of the city they could inhabit, what areas of the city, how they could go out of the city. They were told how their hygiene would happen. They were telling how and when to worship. They were telling what to think about their sexuality. They were told any resemblance to today is completely complementary from heaven. And Jesus said, you are the salt. After he told them, come to me, all of those, he gave them purpose. Jesus didn't just pack as many as he could and say, this is my church. You shall not touch. No, he said, this is my church. And you will go until the end of the earth. And with this, we close. Let's have the worship team back so I don't... What is it going to be? Are you going to just confess your sin, and then hide from the rest? Or are you going to acknowledge your troubles 
Are you just going to get everything from God for your own gratification? Are you going to look for relief so you have a good time? Or are you going to remember your streets, your city, your relationships, your nation? The God of all comfort provokes us to be comforted. But because of that, he wants us to become comforters. And he provokes nearness. If comfort doesn't go beyond relief, it's entertainment, it's flesh, it's gratification. It's called tolerance nowadays. Let me just translate that in the Webster translation. We're not comforting flesh. We're called to comfort soul. No ideas, no arguments. We're not called to entertain thoughts. Not at all. Or points of views. We're called to be comfort for the soul. True comfort pushes beyond relief and gets us near. It gets us more acquainted with the person of God. Essentially, comfort creates character and the character of Christ. We're called to be that, that points at Jesus, that heals, that preserves, that restores, that allows us to rest, that provokes rest in our streets, in our neighborhoods, in the relationships that we're living. But it also provokes that the character of God is not only exemplified, but is created in others. We're called to be salt and of comfort. Salt and comfort. This week, while people are going headless around religion, be salt, be comfort. Don't look your best line. Don't look at your best argument. Look at your biggest wound to be real, to be there for the people. Say, if God has been with me in this, I have been trying to get rid of this lack of rest, of this need, of this sensation, of this feelings for the last 13 seconds, 13 years. But if it hasn't lived me, he has not given up in me, he's not going to give up in you. <coughs> True salt comforts. True salt preserves. True salt purifies and heals. Ezekiel 16.4 said, On the day you were born, your cord was not cut. You're still attached to things of your yesterday, where you're coming from. And it was not cut. This is God speaking to the people of Israel. You're coming from a background, and no one cut what has bound you to that. You're still living. Some of, something of you is attached to the past. I feel the Holy Spirit. Oh. And on that day you were born, your cord was not cut. No, you were washed with water to make you clean. No one took care of you. No, were you rubbed with salt, purified, preserved. No, were you wrapped in cloth, taken care of. No one looked at you with mercy, but he has. No one looked at you with compassion enough to do any of these other things for you. They just left you. Rather, you were thrown out 
like that salt that lost its saltiness you were thrown out to the field on that day that you were born you were despised the law the father said that if we sin the wage of sin is death be thrown away but through Christ he said I can make an atonement and although we were despised on our transgressions he didn't leave us there Jesus said be the salt and remember how I comforted you Jesus steps into our story and says I know that they left you religion couldn't cut your addictions your thought lines but I came for you to be free and free indeed you are the salt and I will comfort you I see you with perspective I see you in eternity I see what I called upon you I see the steps I ordered for you I have called you salt but you need comforter and if you are comforted if you let me comfort you you can become of comfort show yourself no one did this no one had pity no one had mercy everyone demanded that you would know that you would reach that level that at this age and time you will have certain situations already covered that's religion but christ didn't despise us although we had no flavor christ said i don't despise and although we were on our own blood that's why covenants and that's what sacrifices needed the shedding of blood Jesus said if you need blood you were swimming on your blood you were swimming on your transgressions you're swimming on what you didn't have on your lack of care on your lack of shelter but I have covered you I have sheltered you I came to give you peace and he says really quick rather that although we were thrown he passed by we celebrate a king that was not high enough to be distant on a great horse we celebrate a king that chose an animal that could carry a burden we celebrate a king that was not distant from the people we celebrate a king that could cry in front of those that he will bless because he will knew that they were still attached to the past that they had no revelation and God today celebrates that he has made us free and we celebrate with him as a church we say Christ didn't lose his moments his season everything he invested in us has made us good salt and there's good ground the streets around us are asking from us to share that salt asking from us to share from that well of injustice that was met with the pure justice of God and the ransom for our souls he's asking us to comfort as we have been comforted remember your troubles don't play perfect because you will forget where you're coming from stay humble church stay humble stay free stay salty and he says when I passed I saw you kicking you were doing everything you could to look good you were looking perfect in your liturgy you were going to every service but forgetting me on Monday morning 
when someone around you needed a word, you forgot that I filled you with the spirit of life. You were so caught up in your game, in your flesh, in your need, that you forgot I have clothed you with righteousness, with all knowledge. This is a wake-up call. This is a call to purpose. This is a call to be salt and to be of comfort. This is calling us to think and say like this. And as you lay there, oh Candem, oh brother, maybe you're looking at the friend, a friend's face in your mind. Maybe you're looking at your family members. Maybe you're looking at yourself in the mirror. Maybe you see yourself, you've been kicking for a bit. But there's promise in this. It says, as you were laying there in your blood, I said to you, live. Salt preserves. It helps you to sleep, preserves your heart. Above all things you care for, take care of your heart, the Bible says. It keeps you hydrated from your inner being. Rivers of living water will flow. You are the salt of the earth. And if you're there, there's no shortage of heart. There's no shortage of water, of deliverance, of the flow of Jesus. There's no shortage of the message of the cross that Christ crucified, that his blood atoned for us to be free. That we are not looking for entertainment. We're not looking for guilt. We're looking for the glory of God to be manifested in us and through us. That this is for all and not for some. That this comfort comes to remind us of our troubles in the past. So we remind the world that he is defeated. The world has been overcome. Take courage. Jesus said, I have overcome your streets, your sidewalk, your sidesteps, your missteps. I am he that tells you live. Church, God is calling us to purpose. This week, there's not going to be shortage for any of us to share the goodness of the one that called us to be free. People are in every way possible open and you have enough in you already to give. Don't be short-handed. Release the heaven inside of you. The glory that came through the troubles that were defeated in your yesterday. Release that there's someone bigger than the circumstances, than the things that we share, than the things that we face. Let He flow. Let Him flow. Let Him call people through you to live. Some of us in this place are scared of our streets. Some of us don't feel adequate to speak. We are scared. But God has called us to our streets. 
God says, I am with you. You don't have to be afraid. There's power in this place that comes to give you that longing of your heart to be able to reach people with authority. You have been asking God. You feel dry. In some other season, you felt really good about this. But now you feel dry. God is saying, you're the salt. If you join me in your feet, it is time. It's time for the good news. It's time for the rest to hit our streets. Has this message helped you? Yeah? In any way? God is is wanting to release through you. Yes, you. It's not about you. It's about the territory. And you are God's territory. So I want to pray for us. Is that okay? I feel fire in my bones. I feel like there's something I wanted to explode in this place. There's like a spirit of like, it's like pushing inside. There's like holy hesitation. There's something in us that is saying, let me go, let me do this. There's more. It's still pushing. A couple more seconds in this place. God is investing in you. Soak it in. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.